When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ray and Marcus on the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll. Hey, buddy, we have a very special guest today, a man I've known a long time. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. You can't lie, Paul. I'm talking about my buddy Neander Paul, Paul Marshall, part of the Mark and Neander Paul morning show on KSLX in Phoenix. How you doing, man? I am well. For those that uh, need a little breath refresher course, Ray uh, at one point offered me an exorbitant fee to knock out Jesse Camp in a bar one night. And I was all ready to do it. I was all ready to do it until he walked in with his representative, who happened to be one of our closest friends. Uh, and uh, we scuttlebutted that. But I remember Ray and another person who shall remain nameless put oh. uh, several hundred dollars on the end of the bar if I would just go up and cold cock Jesse Camp in the face. Whoa. Uh, and it is one of my life's biggest regrets to never having done that. Oh, my God, Paul. That's classic. <laughs> no, that's yeah. out there. That is I classic. believe the statute of limitations has passed, right? We can't be charged <laughs> so, for that. I sure hope so. That was like 20 years ago, wasn't it? <laughs> it was longer than that, but yeah. <laughs> well, Paul, you've never been shy about revealing things and or your feelings or opinions on things. And uh, when it came to the Rock Hall uh, class of 2020, you posted something on social media and you know Marcus Goldman, my buddy Marcus in the darkest. We uh, certainly do. We chat like girlfriends uh, on uh, social media and in texting and stuff about all this stuff all day about the podcast. And we both saw your post on your Neanderthal page at the same, around the same time and started saying we got to call Paul and get him on to talk about this. I think we want to run through your original statement if we have time for that to uh, kind of set things up for people so they know what we're talking about. They know we're sure. talking about the imbalanced history of rock and roll, and it is always brought to you by Crooked Eye Brewery in the heart of Hapro. Paul, if you have come to town in Philly sometime, we're going to go there. You're going to fall in love with the brews there Good beer. at Crooked Eye. So, If they serve beer, I'm in. I know. It's one of the things I love about really you. Really good beer. In your statement, you said today, I declared the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame irrelevant today and have been asked to elaborate. I received some questions and wanted to share the response here. And you said to the in the post, here is what I told the questioner. Is the Hall of Fame irrelevance based upon? And you said, who has not been inducted? And you said, yes. Yeah. You, you want to elaborate a little bit on the things that are on the top of your mind? Look, first and foremost, I don't want to badmouth any of the inductees. No, um, no. They did nothing wrong. All they did was be proficient at what they do and... Somebody voted them immortals, and I think that's great. But I just think it's sort of obnoxious that the Rock Hall of Fame would put a band in or an artist in without whom a band they've overlooked 
having existed, this band wouldn't exist. For example, right. you can't put Nine Inch Nails into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame without first inducting Devo and Kraftwerk, two bands that without whom Trent Reznor hadn't heard, he would never have bought his first computer and realized he could make music with it. There's no so doubt about it. So that's the thing that, that irritates me about the, the Rock Hall of Fame is that they induct these bands that are pioneers that invented and popularized a certain form of music. To me, that's rock immortality. That's musical immortality. If your band invents a form of music or you are singular in what you do and music is different after your band has appeared on the scene, then yes, you are a Hall of Famer. Well, you could put the MC5 in that boat and they were up for it this year too. You're getting into who has been inducted and not inducted and they're somebody who did exactly right. what you're talking about bud the mc5 and the kinks and the who invented punk rock so why aren't they in right it makes no sense absolutely makes no sense uh, and the mc5 were the first american punk rock band if it weren't for the mc5 then the ramones don't exist as my friend shiva so, goko told us when it came to punk rock america fired first so there you go yeah, no, I mean, the Stooges and the MC5, yep. and how long did it take Oogie and the Stooges to get in? Long time. Long time. And that's where, when, when you, the original question was, is the irrelevance on the Rock Hall of Fame based upon those that haven't been inducted? Absolutely. Because they have ignored pioneers. They have ignored artists that, without whom existing, music wouldn't be where it is today. To me, there is music before this artist and music after this artist. And if music after this artist is different, based upon the appearance of this artist, then that's a Hall of Famer. That's immortal. Hard to argue a case against that, man. Can't argue with that at all. Now, a couple years ago, you made a long post about the nominees and whether you thought they might get inducted or not. It was the year that Sister Rosetta Tharp was nominated and inducted. And at that point, I think you had said you weren't really sure, but she's quite a pioneer. I had heard about her about 15 years ago for the first time, saw a video on YouTube and was blown away by her guitar playing. Then I was reading some stuff about her, and Elvis's guitar player said that without people like Sister Rosetta Tharp, I wouldn't be here today. So she ended up being one of those big-time pioneers who sort of lived in obscurity, and it took her a long time to get in. And women have been treated in very poorly as far as getting into the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Now, the thing with Sister Rosetta Tharp, and this is a great example of contradiction because I didn't know enough about her to say, yeah, okay, she's in the Rock Hall of Fame. She deserves to be in the Rock Hall of Fame. One of the great things that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has an opportunity to do is to educate and to draw awareness and to bring forth those pioneers to make the public aware that these people existed. And you're right. Sister Rosetta Tharp, arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest female guitar player that has lived and yet we didn't know because back then in the 50s and 60s let's face it not only is it a sexist industry it's still a racist industry no and that's why chuck berry is not acknowledged as the reigning king of rock and roll because nobody in america was ready to give the crown to an african-american back then can't argue with that either (laughs) yeah so 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 rosetta tharp gets overlooked and by the way that chain of overlooked female stars continues with the exclusion of Pat Benatar. So far. How do, so you, far. How do you ignore Pat Benatar? I don't know. She was all over the radio during our younger years, man. She was so all over the radio with her albums, her songs, and they weren't just one or two songs from each album. You would hear on the rock and roll, the AOR stations, four, five, six songs deep on her albums. Paul, Not I- only that, they were deep. They were deep songs. Things like Hell is for Children. Anybody mm-hmm. else talk about, outside of Uncle Salty from Aerosmith, I don't think I remember another song about 
child abuse. Not like that. Being a popular song. A popular song. So Pat Benatar, not just a pop star, not just somebody who was a a popular figure in American culture, but also was writing some deep stuff, some things that not only did men not write about, women wouldn't even touch. And yet they inducted Madonna, her first opportunity. Madonna doesn't exist if Pat Benatar doesn't kick that door open. You also talked in your uh, post about the question of, is it about who has been inducted? And you said no, because a lot of people want to pick uh you know this one shouldn't have got in and why you know you're talking about a line a lineage and chronology that you know the people who benefited from the pioneer are in and yet the the person who was that pioneer like the mc5 are not so it's not about who's been inducted in your view because you see it how well Look, and I think primarily this is a semantic argument with me, and that is uh, when people like Madonna get inducted, but people like Pat Benatar get ignored, and they call it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Let's just get this out of the way right now. Rock and Roll is a trademark. It's an instantly identifiable brand name. It's kind of like when you hear somebody say, give me a Coke. They're not talking about Coca-Cola. They're talking about the flavor. Rock and Roll is all-encompassing when it comes to music. It's a widespread music thing, and there's a huge difference between Brenda Lee and Metallica, and yet they're both considered rock and rock and roll. So when somebody like Madonna, who isn't traditionally considered rock and roll, is inducted, but somebody like Pat Benatar, who is the epitome of the definition, is ignored, it's not about that artist. Pat Benatar begat Madonna. So when the the artist that would be the big argument this time around would be the Notorious B.I.G., who is the next logical evolution from Screaming Jay Hawkins. Who shot ya? Separate the weak from the opsa. Leap hard to creep them Brooklyn streets. It's on, nigga. Fuck all that bickering beef. I can hear sweat trickling down your cheek. Your heartbeat sound like Sasquatch's feet. Coming in on a night train with an arm full of boxcar on the wings of a magpie across the we got Screamin' Jay Hawkins, we got Little Richard, we got Chuck Berry, we got Sly Stone, we got Prince, we got Notorious B.I.G. Right. And we're going to get, and at some point we may get Bruno Mars, you know what I mean? Like, there's an evolution that happens. So the idea that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is inducting traditionally non-rock artists Look, there's a huge difference between Carl Perkins and The Doors, but they're both rock and roll. Absolutely. So that's a semantic argument, and I think it's a weak argument. Man, all this gabbing with Paul, Marcus, I feel like I need a beer. Yeah, Paul's a blast to talk to, Ray. Great opinions. But I'm dry. There's only one place to go when I'm dry. Crooked Eye. Yeah. I know when I'm thirsty, I head to the heart of Hatboro and go see my friends at Crooked Eye Brewery. I want to thank Paul, Paul, and the whole gang for their support for our podcast. It's been great. Now, when you want to taste the freshest, most creative brews in the Bucksmont, you go to Crooked Eye at York Road in Montgomery right there in the heart of Hapro. Pouring the cure for what ails you since 2014. 
The Crooked Eye Crew makes every single night fun. Hey, and you can keep up with the live entertainment on the brewery's Facebook page. That's the best way to know what's happening there, including their free Tuesday night's Blues Jam, which is taken off. The Home Brewers Club and my partner in crime, Ray's Vinyl Nights, which are the third Wednesday of the month every month. That's where the Home Brewers meet. And live music all the time, including the Crooked Eye Band. There's always good fun to be had. And a new friend to be made at Crooked Eye. And we want to thank them, as always, for their support of what we do on this crazy, imbalanced podcast. When you need a fresh, tasty brew, head to Hatboro and make it Crooked Eye. We are refreshed, so let's get back to it with Neander Paul talking about the hall on the imbalanced history of rock and roll. You also mentioned uh, the criteria used to induct, and you said it's a secret for a reason. It's not random, nor is it merit-based. I think it's the most nebulous part of the formula is the criteria because nobody seems to know, and it's because you have a whole theory on this, which I tend to agree with, because it's the guys who got together to form the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame club have control of all of it, Pretty much, right? Yeah, and I don't want to name drop in this situation, no. but a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, a reluctant Rock and Roll Hall of Famer from one of America's greatest rock bands, and they're from in New York City, and they wore a lot of makeup in their early years, and you know who I'm talking about, okay. said to me during an interview, imagine if you had trademarked the name Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you could be the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And that's essentially what happened here was Jan Wenner and a couple of the guys from Rolling Stone, who are one of the more elitist music magazines on the face of the earth. Remember, Rolling Stone historically badmouthed every Led Zeppelin record when they came out. Rolling yep. Stone is an elitist group of, of in-the-know click that they believe that bands like Television and the Talking Heads and, and and that might be valid, I'm just saying, but they believe that those bands and Lou Reed are the be-all, end-all of the coolest thing about rock. When you see the movie Almost Famous and you get that great uh, characterization of Lester Bangs where he's yeah. talking about how these guys are ruining rock and roll, well, that's lo- who he's talking about, Rolling Stone. Paul we love Lester Bangs on the podcast. Great example. There's a guy who understands that the opinion of the elite, the opinion of a small group of people doesn't necessarily represent everybody. But when you say Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, somewhere along the line, the words Rock and Roll and Hall of Fame put together lend credibility. There is no real credibility to it. Just a bunch of people who thought, hey, these are people we want to immortalize. Now, the undeniable are undeniable, unless you're the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to say Chuck Berry's a Hall of Famer. It's easy to say Led Zeppelin's a Hall of Famer. It's easy to say, but here's a great example. How the fuck is an Ozzy Osbourne a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer as a solo artist? Because <laughs> he bit the head off of a bat and he scares people. And He is the single largest recording artist in hard rock history. He's the Elvis of hard rock and heavy metal. Yep. He is the epicenter of what hard rock and that form of music is. And I'm not talking about his work with Black Sabbath. It can be argued that Ozzy's solo work is more important and relevant than Black Sabbath's work. Without a doubt. Remember all of the controversy with Suicide Solution and Mr. Crowley right. and all of that? And then I was reading a book and Zach Wilder, somebody said that Ozzy saw the picture of Aleister Crowley and was like, who's that? And he's like, oh, that's Aleister Crowley. And he's like, oh, that's what he looks like. Maybe he didn't. 
He was bald with a beard or something like that. And I think it was in the latest John Wiederhorn book. But that's a perfect example yeah. of what we're talking about, guys. The, the the fact that Ozzy, as a solo artist, isn't in. And, there, you know, I know that we're, there are people who are in two and three ways, and that's great for what they've done. But why not acknowledge a man who's one of the great voices in rock, has been there through it all, including the most let recent this, chapter? Let me get this straight. Eric Clapton gets into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of Delaney and Bonnie's band. But... But Ozzy Osbourne's not a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. It's because this elitist group of people who have just chosen, who've decided to decree upon the chosen ones, this immortality, don't like Ozzy. They don't like Judas Priest. Or Bad they Company. Never, or Bad Company. Which is Or ridiculous. Barry Manilow. Or Thin I mean, Lizzy. The guy, the guy wrote the... The guy sang American Bandstand, and he's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Tom well, how long did it take Paul and Oates to get in? Listen, we're, we're on the Pantheon Podcast Network, and there's actually uh, a podcast that this is what they talk about. It's called Who Cares About the Rock Hall? And uh, people who want to hear more <laughs> about other people's opinions about all this stuff, even some of the people who are inside that committee, it's a good podcast to check out here on Pantheon. We're hanging with Neander Paul on the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll. He's on the morning show at KSLX in Phoenix with uh, the Mark and Neander Paul, is that crazy every day you and Mark getting things started for uh, for Phoenix? <laughs> uh, it beats working for a living. I gotta tell you, I, mean, you guys, I know you guys are in Philadelphia. I can tell you, I never have to shovel my walkway in the That's morning. That's true. Even if it is three in the morning. And you know, look, I've been doing this for thirty-three, thirty-four years, and it's a good way to make a living. Look, anybody, and I've said this to you before, Ray, and, and I know some people will argue it, but anybody that's in radio is a failed musician. This is the second best mm-hmm. job in the world, next to actually making music. People um, ask me, and, Paul, and I tell them the only thing I can play is records. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. If I had any musical talent, I certainly would have made it when it was an opportunity. But then 1991 happened, and Nirvana got credit for kicking open the door that Jane's Addiction opened five years before that. And then Allison Chains made a bunch of noise with... Uh, in between. In between. Yeah. So they actually yeah, made the noise, and Mother Love Bone was making all sorts of noise before Andy Wood died. And let's not forget that in 1983-84, a little band called The Cult. Ah, oh, now you're hitting common territory. <laughs> I was hoping you it would brought, mention brought them. this little song called She Fell Sanctuary to rock radio. Yeah. Why aren't the cult in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Makes no sense. We probably I mean, could it, sit down and do a, a list. Thing. So let me ask you this. If somebody were to have the money to start a rock and roll history museum and do a rock and roll history museum hall of fame and make it a nonprofit type of deal that's based on this type of stuff, do you think it would be more effective and credible than the rock and roll hall of fame institution? Not the musicians, of course. And people need to understand we're not slagging on any of the musicians because they They are professional musicians. They are all masters at their craft. They are all great at what they do. They deserve to be there. They deserve to be where they are. But a lot of founders, as we discuss, are left out. And we're talking about the institution and the decision makers. I think what we're talking about is the sins of omission. Yes. Yeah. Um, And I think that, look, anytime music isn't a competition, right? And I think that what happens with anytime you start giving awards or art it becomes subjective and it gets weird you know the rock and roll hall of fame based on whose idea of rock and roll like at least when they uh, award platinum albums it's the recording industry of america or at least when they give out the academy award it's you know whatever the film academy whatever they call it Mm -hmm. the official name of it so there's at least an attributed source somebody that has a source of credibility the rock and roll hall of fame is it just is what it is so let's just say it was like the national recording arts and sciences music achievement or something like that achievement versus hall of fame because hall of fame means that 
somebody is going to be excluded. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that there's any right way to do it. I think what they're doing with the Experience Music Project up in Seattle is nice because it's a museum that's dedicated to, you know, to the local... That thing, uh, yeah. The local contributions to it. I think that's fantastic. I think anytime you start talking about competition, you know, there are certain things that we can all agree on. We can all agree on the Beatles. We can all agree... Well, I don't know that we can all agree on the Beatles because there are some people people who who don't get it. Don't like the Beatles, but can't acknowledge the fact that they're the single most important musical artist of our time. I think it's, you're, talk, you're talking about subjective opinions, and the sins of omission is really the issue. I don't care who got in, but I do care who doesn't get in, and you can't ignore the obvious. In your uh, post uh, when we were talking about this, you said, unfortunately, artists and fans are annually led to believe the fan vote matters. To the fans, it's become a source of debate. That's not a bad thing. It keeps the spirit of music lively. This year, it kind of stood out because you had two artists who were nominated who led the fan vote, and neither one of them got in. Pat Benatar and, and Dave the first Matthews. Time that happened. Yeah, it is. What people don't understand is, I believe, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because again, this goes back to the criteria for induction. I believe it's a panel of a thousand voters, all right? And it's made up of some music industry people, some critics, some members of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and the fan vote. Well, the fan vote, out of all those hundreds of thousands or millions of votes that are cast throughout the five or six artists that they have in there, only counts for one of those 1,000 votes. That's what one. I heard, too. So the fans the fans are one one thousandth of the factor to get somebody in. So in that instance, who cares? It's a token thing. And what sucks is it does activate a fan base, which is always good. Anytime we can sit here and talk about music and debate that, this is great. This is yep. the kind of division in America that is welcome because it doesn't really mean anything. And in the end, nobody gets hurt. Um, nope. Just a, maybe but, a feeling or two, you know, if you like people my- People take it personally. My whole thing is uh, about the metal bias. Uh, you have uh, multiple nominees this year in Judas Priest and Motorhead. You can make a case for uh, Soundgarden because that's how we first heard about them was when we did Metal Radio, Paul. And none of those bands got in. And I don't know what the process will be with any of those artists or others in the hard rock heavy metal category that aren't in but there's definitely the group bias for or against certain types of music and certain artists well and and again that goes back to that subjective small group of people who are the final movers and shakers and artists but it's their club yeah it's their club which is why i say there's no accountability to it right when it's a blind process when it's a secret process when you go to the conclave and you wait for the white smoke to come out of the stack (laughs) You know, you say to yourself, okay, they've now decreed upon it. We don't know. From what I understand, and again, I don't know this to be true, so this is all rumor and conjecture and hearsay. From what I understand, in order to be considered for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you have to be presented by somebody and sponsored by somebody, like at the motorcycle club or something like that. Or knighthood. And yeah, somebody has to present you in front of the almighty people. And then they sit in the room and all the almighty sit back and go, should we? I don't know. Maybe. What if we made a donation to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Foundation? Oh, (laughs) well... Well, I mean, like everything else, you know, money is the lifeblood of society. So from what I understand, there is a financial consideration or consideration for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Hmm. Just like, and people don't know this, certainly this goes brings us back to Ozzy. This goes back to the pay for play thing. Certain bands get on certain tours based upon their record company and or management and or some sponsor paying for that access. It is my understanding that you can pay for access into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as well in the initial consideration 
restoration phase. I don't and even know what to, to say me, to that. That to me sounds as dirty as anything else. Well, I love your perspective always. You know that. You, you never fail to uh, to stir things up there, Paul. No matter where you've been, whenever we've talked, this is, this is the constant, you know, uh, when you were in Sacramento or Kansas City or there in Phoenix, uh, which I hope you will stay there and uh, entertain the people in Phoenix for a long time. No matter what it is, you always love to stir shit up, and that's why you keep it interesting, bro. Well, look, music is a great thing. Look, everybody talks about radio and music discussion. Everybody says, well, it's not brain surgery. No, it's way more important. This is the kind of stuff, this is the kind of stuff that keeps people from going nuts over watching the news. This Absolutely. is music is such an, an emotional attachment. That's the thing. Right. People don't listen to music for the music. They listen to music for the connection. Yep. And when you are connected and passionate about something, anytime somebody flags your favorite band, it's like it's very tribal. It's like your favorite sports team. Oh, you know, you take up arms and you try to defend your sports team, which brings me to a closing thing that I wanted to hit you with. And I know you're trying to wrap up. The argument between the fans doesn't hurt anybody. But when an artist who has slaved away at their craft for 30, 40, 50 plus years right. and sees their name on a nomination ballot, a band like Kraftwerk or a band like the MC5 mm-hmm. um, or a band like Motorhead, all of the classic lineup of Motorhead are gone now. You know, they got Linda Ronstadt in before she passed, which was a quality move on the part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But you and I both know a lot of these guys aren't going to be here. So when you see the MC5, who everybody but the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame knows are pioneers in a musical form, and they see their name on the ballot and they go, finally, some validation for our life's work. And then they're passed over in favor of of somebody who may or may not be as deserving as that band. As That's deserving. That's the key. That's the key, but it's as deserving because of what they did and the door they opened. So we could yeah. go on forever uh, about this, but uh, I know you got to run too. You just got off the air, and thanks for taking some time to talk about your view on the Rock Hall here. It almost sounds like the uh, Who Cares About the Rock Hall podcast we've been going on about it. But, dude, I just want to tell you, before we get out of here and sign off, I'm going to go put on a copy of Electric Warrior. I'm going to kick back and we're just going to celebrate the t-rex got in yeah and i will go home and put on well i'm actually at home i will go into my office and put on a copy of electric cafe and listen to boing boom chuck from Kraftwerk and give my finger to trent reznor for not saying take my spot and give it to Kraftwerk, who deserve it more than i do he did just so you know when he was nominated he did say that i do feel that if we get in without Kraftwerk getting in i will feel very uncomfortable they should be in before us and he did say that in an interview Interview. And I don't know if people realize this gangster rap wouldn't be what it is without craft work. That's a whole nother topic well, right. for another day. Or wait a minute. We already did that one, didn't yeah. we? <laughs> Chris Schwartz told us the whole story yeah. about that with School ED, and it was crazy how the, that evolved. The connection because of Chris being into craft work and working with School ED, how a lot of that stuff spun together was in our uh, episodes. We did two-episode interview with uh, Chris Schwartz from Rough House and Rough Nation. Right, and hip-hop wouldn't be where it is today were it not for Bobby Chouinard from Billy Squire's band. So, you know, it is what it is. This all ties in together for those people that don't think that hip-hop and rap mm-hmm. and rock it are does. Yeah, you're right, bro. You're right. And Whitney Houston is the natural progression of Aretha Franklin and Billie Holiday and Nina Simone and all of them as well. And people fail to see that connection, too. Right. Right. It's unfortunate that we get caught up in semantics.
you know, I wish that everybody that was deserving got in. The bands and artists that do get in, congratulations to them. But shame on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for ignoring artists that had been there and opened the door. And by the way, had those artists not exist, there wouldn't have been a Rolling Stone magazine. There wouldn't be a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's true. And that's where we're going to leave you, brother. My buddy, Neander Paul, the Mark and Neander Paul Show on KSLX Mornings in Phoenix. Thanks for being on with us here on the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll. Thank you. Oh, and do you wear parkas when it's 60 degrees? (laughs) You know, Marcus, I think that conversation could have gone on for another hour. Easily, there's so much to talk about that we didn't even discuss. I know. We, we just touched get into on the, the nooks surface. and crannies. We didn't get into all of our personal peeves and all that stuff. But, you know, I think uh, after talking all morning on his radio show and then talking to us for a while, I think we got everything out of Paul today. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's in the quiet room for the rest of the day. You can find him on the Mark and Neander Paul Show, KSLX in Phoenix, every day. And he's always on the internet. You can find him on Facebook and stuff. He's a great follow. And you can follow us while you're there if you don't already do so. On Facebook, it's the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll. On Twitter, it's Imbalance Histo, Histo. without the R-Y. Thank you, Twitter. And then, of course, uh, you can follow our personal pages as well, Ray Coob Radio and Marcus in the Darkest I'm Facebook. seeing people from the podcast showing up on my, on my page. I know, so cool. yeah. So, yeah, if you're following our uh, Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll, check us out as well on our social media pages. Email always works. We see some of you making comments on the website. That's good, too. But email is imbalancehistory at gmail.com. We had a beer in the middle of this. I think we need another one, bro. Absolutely. That was some serious convo about the Rock Hall. While we had to crooked eye and think on it all, we'll say see you till next time here on the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. Hey, this is Brad Page from the I'm in Love With That Song podcast, inviting you to join me as we explore a different song each episode, discovering what makes these songs great. The performances, arrangements, and the production tricks and techniques are all part of creating those magic moments that turn a good song into a great one. On this podcast, we take a deep dive into each song, listening to all those nuances that came together to make it a great song. Our journey takes us across the musical map, from the Beatles and the Stones to Aretha Franklin and Tom Petty, Kiss, The Cars, Todd Rundgren and Roxy Music, from Badfinger to Al Green, Stevie Wonder to David Bowie, from Aerosmith to the zombies. We listen to it all on the I'm in love with that song podcast. You may be unfamiliar with some of these songs and some of them you've probably heard a hundred times, but I bet if we listen closely, we can discover something new. So join me on the I'm in love with that song podcast and let's listen together because I think you're going to love these songs too. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.